Chapter 8, Rose-Colored Glasses Annie Coe looked a little like Hip-Hop the Toad. She was squat and sturdy and wore thick glasses that made her eyes look buggy. But though some kids teased her, she was always smiling, because whatever you said, she took it as a compliment. Your eyes look like a frog, Becky O said, feeling mean one day early in the school year. Thank you, said Emiko. Frog eyes are so sparkly. Everything was good for Emiko. A freezing day was just as fun as a snow cone. A dark, damp day smelled cozy. A bad grade on a paper was marked in a pretty red. Miss Plum says Emiko sees the world from rose-colored glasses. Look regular colored for me, said Tasha. It means she sees everything like it's better than it really is, says Carlos. I think that would be kind of nice, said Nadia. But it could be dangerous, Lucy said. Could I try your glasses on, asked Dorma. But wearing Emiko's glasses only made things blurry and gave Dorma a headache. When Miss Plum asked Emiko to go to the closet for more pink paper for making valentines, everyone knew that Emiko would get a cute animal. Something soft and fuzzy, Jeremy predicted. A pretty one, agreed Jovi. A bunny, a puppy, an alligator, said Brad, because that's what Emiko brought out of the closet. A very cross-looking alligator, straining on a leash made of rope. Isn't he darling, cried Emiko. Tell me, since when is an old, scaly alligator darling? An alligator, said Emiko. What alligator? Uh, there, on the leash in your hand, Eric pointed out. Emiko looked down. You mean my poodle? Poodle? Minnie threw up her hands. You think that's a poodle? Emiko smiled happily. I've always wanted a poodle just like this. With fluffy white fur and a pink sparkly color. Oh, look, he wants to be petted. The alligator lurched towards Brad's foot, snapping its jaws viciously. Brad jumped back just in time. The gator turned and hurled itself at Talshia, who scrambled atop her desk chair, a hair ahead of the jaws. Look, he wants to play, cried Emiko. Here, Bubbles, that's a good Bubbles. Yes, you're a good doggy. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Emiko bent down and urged the alligator towards her with little kissy sounds. Watch out, said Carlos. He'll bite your nose off. But before the alligator reached her... He lunged at Eric's hand. Eric stumbled into his chair, too. Emiko giggled if Bubbles had done something sweet. Come on, Bubbles, let's go for a walk, Emiko said. Then she looked at Miss Plum. Can I show him around? Miss Plum, who was intently working on her valentines for the class party, glanced up and nodded. She seemed surprised to see several kids on top of their chairs. Let's see the rest of you focus on your art project. With a tug on his rope, Emiko pulled Bubbles towards the back of the room. The alligator seemed unhappy to leave all those ankles and toes, but soon caught a whiff of Clyde, the hamster. He lunged at the table by the window, clawing at the table leg, trying to reach the helpless animals on top. Hip-Hop quickly opened his eyes. Clyde scampered in terrified circles around his cage. Emmy Co, make Bubbles stop. Can't you see what he's doing? said Mindy. Can't you see what he is? asked Lucy. Emmy Co seemed confused by the questions. For the first time ever, she looked a little hurt. 
I don't know why everyone's being so mean about Mr. Bubbles. He's a dangerous animal, said Lucy. With that, Emiko burst out laughing. You guys are such jokers. Come on, Bubbles, let's go back to our desk and work on our valentines. The alligator followed Emiko, its slit eyes glaring, its tail lashing back and forth. Everyone in the front row quickly pulled their feet back, but Jeremy was too slow. Suddenly, Bubbles' jaws locked into the helm of Jeremy's blue jeans, and the alligator began to pull him from his chair. Alligators dragged their play into water to drown them, observed Carlos. Emiko, stop him, cried Nadia. He's just playing. What is everybody's problem? Help, cried Jeremy, who was jumping about, trying to knock off Bubbles. Emiko, look! Bubbles had stopped pulling and now had his claw sunk into Jeremy's pant leg. He looked up at Jeremy with a nasty grin on his face. Help! Jeremy swung at him wildly, afraid to get his fingers too close. Help! The whole crowd started screaming at Emiko. Do something! Emiko hastened, then pulled off her glasses and peered at Bubbles. Her face dropped. Her eyes widened. Her hand flew to her mouth in astonishment. Bubbles, stop! Get down right now! Bubbles glanced over at her. She stamped her foot. No! Bubbles grumbled, but then released Jeremy's pant leg. Emiko grabbed his leash and squinted at the rope for a moment. I thought this was pink with sparkles, she said sadly. Emiko led Bubbles back to the closet. I thought you were a poodle. I always wanted a poodle. Bubbles made a casual swipe of the cloth towards Becky O's foot. Emiko frowned. You're not a poodle at all, she concluded, scooting him towards the closet and closing the door. She turned back to the class. Sorry, she said. I guess it really was an alligator. Yes, was the general agreement. What a relief. At last, Emiko saw the world as it really was. Just an alligator, Emiko said, heading back to her desk. She sat down. She cleaned off her glasses and looked over at Hip Hop, the toad, who frowned sadly. Then slowly, slowly... She began to smile. But it wasn't the cutest alligator you ever saw, she said suddenly. Emiko, cried Becky O. No! Well, he was. Do you know how adorable his green eyes were? I think he was very smart. You could tell by his expression. The whole class groaned. Miss Plum didn't say anything. She held up her valentine she'd just made. It seemed to have more glue than glitter, but Miss Plum seemed happy and started her next valentine. What is it, Miss Plum? asked Eric one windy March at lunch. Most of the kids from Miss Plum's class sat together at the cafeteria. There was just too much to talk about and no one else to talk about it with. If they kept their voices low, they they found that they could speak out loud to each other with, about what was really happening in Miss Plum's class. Miss Plum is our teacher, duh, said Brad. Yeah, but is she like a witch? I mean, how can she do so things? She would have to be a good witch, said Derma. I think she's a magic fairy, said Emiko. Maybe it's the closet that's magic, said Carlos. Yeah, maybe it's not Miss Plum at all. Nah, I think Miss Plum's the magic. 
She sounded so certain that Carlos suddenly wondered how Brad could be so sure. Had Brad had some sort of magic experience? I bet if some other teacher got into that room, it would just be a regular old closet, Tasha said. Hey, what do you think would happen if Miss Plum went into the closet herself, said Becky O. Have you ever noticed she never gets anything for herself? Would she get an animal? asked Nadia. I know. Next time she asks for something, nobody raise your hand. Then she'll have to go herself. Everyone liked that idea, except Carlos. He was outnumbered and had to go along with the plan. Remember, said Eric, no one raises their hand. Chapter 9. Birds of a Feather Who can get me a box of pushpins? asked Miss Plum a few days later. Not a student raised her hand. Miss Plum looked surprised. She glanced over at Carlos. Carlos clasped his hands together in front of him and held on tight. He pretended to be interested on something on his thumb. Well, I, uh... Miss Plum stood uncertainly. I guess I'll have to get one there myself. She gave the class one more puzzled glance, then stepped into the closet. The moment she was back out, a plum-colored pushpin was in her hand. For a second, it looked like nothing else had come with her. Of course, whispered Drama, because she's perfect. But then a small peacock came bobbing out. It had followed her to the front of the room. Its tail feathers were down, dropped and dragging along the floor. It didn't look very smart, either. I expected, like, a tiger, whispered Tasha. Or a unicorn, Emiko whispered back. Now, class, let us return to our science lesson. Miss Plum had set up an experiment on sound. Twenty water glasses sat across the table, each one filled with a little more water than last. She began to tap each glass with a metal spoon. Notice the different sounds. Ooh, breathed the class in awe. Miss Plum smiled. Then she noticed that everyone had their eyes on something behind her. Miss Plum turned around. She had the distinct impression that the peacock had snapped their tail feathers shut behind her. She turned back to the class and began pinging on the glasses, going up the musical scale. This time, the class began to ooh and ah. She whirled around. Ah, she cried. The peacock's tail would spread into a glorious fan of luminous blues and greens and golds. The bird quickly shut its tail and peeked at the floor, not meeting Miss Plum's eye. Slowly, it wandered away. Now then, Miss Plum said, who can tell me why each glass sounds different? Ah, said the class. Miss Plum frowned and glanced over at the peacock. Clearly, it was just shutting its tail, pretending that it hadn't been showing off. Now, class, please note this for your scientific pleasure, Miss Plum said. As she tapped each glass, the water turned a different color. Awesome, said Carlos. The rest of the class clapped in agreement. Miss Plum looked up, beaming, but everybody was looking into the corner behind her. She didn't even bother to whirl around. She knew all she'd see is a peacock closing its tail feathers and acting like it didn't know anything. All right, if that's the way you want it, she said darkly. She tapped each glass. A different flower blossomed from the water. The kids murmured in their amazement. The peacock snapped open their tail. It looked like the American flag. The kids gasped. 
Miss Plum waved the spoon above her head. Each flower sounded like a different instrument. Wow, said the kids. The peacock snapped open its tail. Amazing, said the class, as stars appeared to twinkle up and down its plumage. Miss Plum played, Mary had a little lamb, with the glasses and the flower. The peacock opened its tail. It looked like a garden of jewels. Miss Plum played the star-spangled banner. The peacock opens its tail. Miniature fireworks erupted all over it. The entire class stood up and gave the peacock a standing ovation, stamping their feet and whistling. Miss Plum set down her spoon. Come along, please, she said firmly to the board. She showed it back to the closet and shut the door. Then she marched back up to her desk and picked up her spoon. Dharma hastened, then raised her hand. Yes, Dharma, Miss Plum said, looking rather cross. Dharma took a deep breath. Um, well, why did you get a peacock? I guess it just happened to wander out. Miss Plum said with a very curious look at the closet. I'm very sorry he distracted all of you so horribly. Oh, he wasn't distracting. He was beautiful, said Mindy. Super, awesome, fantastic, unbelievable, echoed the other kids. Yes, I suppose he was, Miss Plum said. It's perfectly understandable that you'd just rather see him. Her lip trembled a bit. The kids all nodded and agreed that they've never seen anything so grand. Miss Plum said, oh, and turned back to her lineup of glasses. She began to pull the flowers from the water. So, I guess that's enough science for today, she said, sounding a little sad. The kids glanced at each other. Dharma raised her hand. Yes, Dharma, please don't stop, she said. We want to see it. Every student nodded and raised his or her hand. Please, said Mindy. Please, says Nadia. Even Carlos said, please, Miss Plum, your demonstrations are the best. Really, said Miss Plum. Totally, said Brad. Well, I suppose we do have some time. The class clapped and smiled, and Brad gave a piercing two-fingered whistle. Miss Plum straightened her plum-colored skirt, smoothed down her hair, and pushed her sparkly glasses a little bit higher up her nose. Then she smiled and said quietly, Thank you, class. Then, like a famous conductor, Miss Plum raised her spoon over the glasses and flowers and proceeded to play Beethoven's world-famous Odie Joy.